Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keene. If you would like to support God TV Radio, hosted by myself and Justin Keene, you can support us by buying our music, our art, our t-shirts, as well as our books. You can also support us with a one-time donation through PayPal. All links are in the description. Every Friday at 7 p.m. Central, we do a live show. Everyone is welcome. There is always a link in the public description. You can go to the front of my YouTube channel and schedule it by clicking the reminder button. If you have access to Spotify, you can listen to my radio station in your car, on your stereo, on your computer, anything that has internet access. God bless. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I'm here with my son, and we're going to be talking about some video games. Make sure you check out the video we did last time where we talked about Magic the Gathering. I'll put a link in the description or in the comments for you guys to check that out. And also, we've done some game streaming, speaking about Wastelands 3. So, tell me a little bit about Guild Wars 2. It's been years since I've played that. Well... First of all, I'm coming from a background where I've tried several different MMOs at this point, and the one I've probably spent the most time playing was uh, World of Warcraft. Um, I'm not sure how, exactly how many hours I put in that game, but it's definitely plenty. But uh, What's your favorite characters on Warcraft, by the way, so people can get a kind of an idea of your history of video games? Um, favorite characters? You mean like uh, big hitters at the story, or like classes, or... Well, we could talk about that, but also your favorite builds and tunes and all that that you like playing. Um, well, probably the two characters I would know most about that were in the original World of War, uh, not World of Warcraft, uh, Warcraft strategy games were Arthas and Sylvanas, and I know the most about those guys. But, um, I really liked the Warlock and the Death Knight as classes. They were definitely very interesting and very very separate from the other classes, I feel like, because they were having to do with demonic uh, powers and undead uh, possession, you know, and none of the other classes had that going on. The only time I'd be willing to go into PvP player versus player combat was if my son had either his Warlock or Death Knight. I watched him take out entire fields and people. Uh, it doesn't matter if they were noobs or champions or anything. My son's amazing. Fast reflexes. Oh, just hateful. Nothing like hearing people cry on the microphone, right? Yep. So you got into you you're like into the more uh, supernatural, uh, darker type of tunes. Do they have that kind of thing going on in Guild Wars too? Yeah, they have two characters. One called the Revenant, and the other called the Necromancer. Um, the Necromancer is able to summon several different uh, creatures at the same time uh, to help aid them in combat. But you don't necessarily have to have those summons. You can have different uh, signets, which are like mostly passive abilities that you can activate for something. Um, or uh, they have several different uh, routes you can go with the Necromancer. I haven't played the Revenant yet because it's part of an expansion that I don't own. But um, it does seem to be like 
a plate-wearing warrior-type class that uses hymns and stories of the past to kind of inspire other uh, party members. And I'm not sure exactly how it works, but um, I'm looking into it. So you were talking to me and saying that um, it seems like you got to get to level 10 and then story starts to open up. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you're given... You are given direction as far as exploration goes because they have scouts that tell you where things are. But, and also whenever you scroll over those things, it gives you the level for, the recommended level for that area. Um, yeah, whenever you ding at level 10, they give you this little letter in the uh, the mailbox, basically, saying, oh, come back to the capital city or come back to this mentor character. And um, depending on what you selected in the character uh, creation screen is going to be how your starting quests are going to be. So. so out of all the MMOs you've been playing, uh, what do you think the contrast to, like, what would be the difference between an MMO like Guild Wars 2, World of Warcraft, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, 76, things like that. You know, Justin loves Fallout 76. Make sure you guys check out his music channel as well as his game streams, folks. But uh, what is, what would you say is the biggest, biggest changes or, or um, yeah. Um. Well, I mean, there are pretty big differences between ESO 76 and World of Warcraft. But I would say uh, right off the bat, you would end up noticing that the kind of weapon that you're using depend uh, actually changes what your rotation is, your first five skills on the left side of the screen. So if you're using, like, a rifle, you would end up having a bunch of abilities related to, like, a blunderbuss or projectiles or, um, depending on the class, it could be, like, you're shooting nets or you're doing something related to projectiles. I can't really explain it better than that. If you're using daggers and you got, like, throwing abilities, you got teleportation, maybe. It really depends, because two classes can use the same weapon but have completely different setups. And ESO, every uh, weapon skill is the same for each class, but it's totally different with uh, Guild Wars 2. We've always wanted a game where we could kind of create our own trees and our branch. ESO kind of offers that, but uh, what do you think about the if they were to make a really advanced game where you could uh, create your own thing and then choose from the different graphics you'd like to use, name them and all that? Think that'd be neat, you know, like the you know the sundial or something like that. Dun, dun, dun. Um, well. Are you talking about creating your own abilities from the ground up or just choosing the different Yeah, well, you get to choose the animations for them. You get to name them, um, you know, how you want the graphic to look. If you want it to look like you're shooting Paladin Light along with Green Goo Warlock, you know, something, yeah. I think that'd be kind of neat. You know, build it the way you want to. Well, I mean, most often whenever I'm taking breaks from MMOs, it's kind of hard to remember what the character's supposed to be doing exactly with all the skills, and I think if he had custom abilities with, um, or if, if each ability was actually made custom on a character, then it would be abysmal taking, like, a three-month break or something like that, and then coming back trying to figure out what he actually did, you know? 
Why do you think it is that Warcraft got so addictive? What is happening to MMOs? A lot of people are complaining, and they keep on looking forward to that next MMO that'll just move them and, you know, spin the world for them. What do you think the big problem is? We've played so many. Well, I think a lot of MMOs have tried to copy off of World of Warcraft. It was one of the big firsts on there. And plus, I guess... Uh, some of it came probably from having a subscription because you felt like, you know, if you were going to quit, you might as well play to the end of the month because you, you know, had already paid for the entire month. But also they had such a great development with their expansions that it felt like things were just going to keep getting better for like a while. So it was worth sticking around. <clears throat> But I'm not sure. It's the the other MMOs. Feels like a lot of them are copying or just trying to compete. I guess. This feels like they're cashing in on an already done formula. But since Warcraft's got already so much, mm-hmm. it's like uh, there's a lot of work you'd have to do to ever even come close to doing something like that. So if you could, uh, we're we're gonna get back into Guild Wars too, but. If you were given a billion dollar budget and you could like command people or instruct people on what type of MMO you would want, have you ever thought about the the perfect game to something that you know people couldn't leave? Um It would be tough. It would be hard if I was trying to decide between having a particular kind of group of people to appeal to or if I was trying to go wide and make it accessible, you know, uh, there's a quite a large chance that that money would end up going straight in the toilet because it wouldn't get like the publicity it would need, you know, because <clears throat> a lot of that's like word of mouth and like advertisements trying to bring people in and getting people to stay is like the second hurdle. So I'm not exactly sure what the market would be for it. Um, I don't know if nowadays people are looking forward to like a more medieval MMO or futuristic, because I've played all sorts of different eras or whatever of MMO, and it seems like it just kind of depends on like the different systems involved and uh, the ease of access and stuff. So, so why do you think uh, you and I, um, months ago we ended up getting new world whenever it released it's got a beautiful environment great crafting system but what do you think it is that caused people to just go this isn't what i was looking for um well i think a lot of people dropped off due to the weird spawning system like you kind of popped in into the area um kind of semi-randomly like Nobody knew how the whole geography was set up that hadn't actually looked at the map of it. And nobody knew that people would be coming in from different directions. So it made it harder to coordinate with people. Uh, I remember us spawning on different sides of the continent. So that wasn't cool. I had to run all the way to the mainland. And uh, you ended up having to run through several forests to get to me. Um, I don't know. The... uh, I've been hearing about how they're trying to patch that up 
and they keep like accidentally breaking the game trying to move things around I guess um but I think the reason I quit was that it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of variety in what the enemies were like you had uh you know zombies wolves boars and uh, bandits I think those were like the main four and I think that comprises like 70% of what the enemies were, you know? It's just those four. And that's really odd. It's not great for an MMO. I think one of the reasons why a game like Warcraft did so well, why it had the right combination of things, it seemed like every area had like a unique feel to it. Um, you just, if I were to name something off, you would just visually map it in your brain, say, uh-huh, Lakeshire. Yeah. Westfall, totally different from each other, totally ends of the map. And then if you go south, you're in Duskwoods, this like dark, uh, freaky place. There was exploration. Every time you ran into a new area, you found a new character to speak to and have some quests. And you felt like you were actually doing something for that town and that people, something unique. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you had all the instances that were done really well. I, I remember we used to love Dead Minds until they changed it up and edited it. And I know some people out there like, uh, I keep getting asked, Brett, you think you're going to get back into Warcraft? I would probably enjoy myself all the way up to like level 80, but I'm not really sure I'm into that whole Shadowlands. I kind of like the game all the way up to Lich King, but after that it's just like mm, i don't know if i'm feeling it what about you where where did it stop for you or do you think that it's a game that could possibly be revisited uh talking about world of warcraft revisiting um they i don't know the way they're heading right now it doesn't seem like uh it's gonna be a good time coming back because they're getting a lot of complaints about uh, their newest expansion and what they're doing, uh, focusing on Sylvana so much. And uh, however the content's structured, apparently it's just not doing it for people, you know. And that's not a good sign. That doesn't make me want to come back to it. But can't help but just remember the uh, login music, you know, um, for whenever you're typing in your account name and password. Because the music always was super memorable. For me, like every area in the game had its own tune and vibe and stuff that helped you remember it. Yeah, even the ambience, it felt like you were in a totally new area. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you walked indoors, you'd end up having uh, like glasses clanking and like, uh, you know, the fire noises and like characters murmuring and stuff. There, there was always something to listen to in the game, it seemed like. So. That's another thing about New World, right? They kind of got it to where you, uh, no matter where you appeared on the map, it didn't seem, besides there being a lack of enemies, there seemed to obviously be no quest givers. They kind of went lazy on us and had us do the same thing over and over and over off a billboard. And even if you traveled, it seemed like no matter where you were on the map, it was always the same monsters and everything looked the same like you could never disassociate 
uh, Westfall from Lakeshire and all the way on. I mean, my goodness, remember you take even a more, few more steps here in Stranglethorn, a jungle-like area. Yeah. Just always felt like something new, a new adventure was happening. You could never get bored of that. Mm-hmm. So there's that. What about, uh, do you feel like when you're playing Guild Wars 2 that you're experiencing new ambience, new music, new new ground to cover? Um, well, from, let's see, I've only played three out of the five races in the game, and each of them have, uh, different starting areas, like, completely different. Um, like the humans, they have this kind of farmland, uh, slash plains area that they traverse right off the bat. Um, the plant creatures have this really intense, it's not like jungle, but it's like they got plateaus and rocks jutting out in different areas and they got trees that are like way above your head and you got like different plants that end up kind of leading you up them in different directions and I guess it's like the total opposite of you know the first area with the humans but so then, you don't feel like you're just in copy paste world no they they really diversify uh the characters and the environments and stuff. Now, is Guild Wars 2 uh, free at this point? Yeah, um, it's free to play, free to download. Um, they actually let you play all the way up until, uh, I think, either 60 or 80, which is ridiculous. Um, but in order to experience a lot of the end game stuff, you end up having to get expansions for it. Um, there's also a couple few little restrictions they put on you like not being able to join guilds as a free-to-play player now am i able to download it on steam um i'm not sure about steam but i know their website definitely works Hmm. so yeah I myself i like to put all my games that i'm gonna play in a compartment i'll look for it on uh, steam and if i um don't find it on there, then I'll go to the website. I remember having to do that. Would you say it's a real d- long download? Is there any launch issues? Some MMOs just have a terrible launch. ESO still has problems on the launch. Um, well, I mean, my computer didn't have any problems starting it up. There was this thing, like, it said it was playable about 30% of the way after it was downloaded, um, or after... I started the download 30% of the way in. It said it was playable, but I couldn't get it to start for some reason. So I had to wait for it to completely download before I could play it. But, um, no, I didn't have any starting issues. It just, it only took me about, let's say, three to four hours to get completely, uh, slammed into the computer. So, yeah. Well, anything else you want to say about Guild Wars 2? We can discuss some, um, other topics later if you want but uh make sure folks check out the magic the gathering uh that seems to be getting a lot of a lot of plays on uh, spotify on the radio and uh people seem to enjoy the video of it so uh oh i guess we could just for a moment uh talk about this we've been watching we finished up cobra kai but we've been getting into the witcher yeah. And stuff so i'm at the third episode at this point it uh it feels kind of like a slow burn but i like that well third episode of the third season 
Or, yeah. Are you talking about The Witcher? Or? Yeah, the third episode of the second season the of second uh, season? Uh, The Witcher. Yeah, we've been getting into The Witcher. And what's your view of it? Do you think it's as good as the first season? I thought we were. I thought it was a third season. Maybe I'm confusing the amount of seasons with Cobra Kai's amount. No, it's the second season. Ah. Cobra Kai is working on their uh, their fifth right now. I think they completed it, but that was really really good. But uh, The Witcher, we've been getting into that on Netflix, and it's the second season. I'm on the third episode, and I think it's pretty cool. Very dark atmosphere, and I think Henry Cavill was the right guy for it. He seems to really play the part. Yeah, I I can't really see another uh, actor doing that one now, um, because he's doing it so well. But uh, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't compare the two seasons because in the first one they were like introducing the characters. They were doing a really good job with that. But it seems like this other season is just developing uh, the conflicts between uh, the factions and the characters at this point. Uh, there was a couple more things I was wanting to add to that Guild Wars 2. So one thing real quick. One of my favorite things about Henry Cavill is that uh, when they're like, hey, there's going to be monsters coming up the hill to try to kill us. And he's like, mm-hmm. I love that grunt noise. But go ahead, tell me about what you got. Yeah, he definitely seems like a very stoic, uh, understanding character. Um, but, yeah, I was wanting to talk about the uh, the PvP system, the way the uh, talent trees work, and I guess the parkour, because there's a little parkour element in the game. Uh, in order to kind of get your like map completion, you end up having to get up in, like, Vista-type areas in order to, I guess, count towards a... They call them Vistas, and you can see how many you haven't gotten or how much you have on, like, the map. But if you, end you up, do PvP, what do you earn, though? Uh, you end up earning these, like, tickets and, like, Valor things. Um, I haven't exactly worked out what you could get. I mean, I, I know what I can get, but I, I'm not sure how long it would take for me to get it. Um... You can get all sorts of stuff, though. It seemed like like pets and armor and ma- crafting materials and stuff. Like they reward you very frequently for ranking up um, in the PvP. Uh, but you can actually enter PvP as soon as you get out of the tutorial, which is insane. I wouldn't recommend it for somebody new to the game. Um, but they actually put everybody on a level playing field. Um, and, I, I mean, I'll compare it to World of Warcraft real quick. World of Warcraft had it where you had to get to level 10, I think it was, before you could enter. And they put people in brackets of, like, five levels apart. Like, if you were level 10, you'd be fighting somebody who's level 14. If you were 15, you'd be fighting people who were up to level 19. Stuff like that. But everybody's basically the same level as far as uh, Guild Wars 2 PvP goes. It's just... They bring up everybody up to, like, endgame stats. And as soon as you enter the PvP lobby, you can actually change around your abilities. You unlock all the specializations, and you can just kind of switch them around. But as soon as you go back to the player versus environment areas, uh, you have to switch your build around again in order to actually fight. Because you wouldn't have unlocked all that stuff otherwise. Do you feel like the characters are balanced, or is there a race or a group that has some kind of advantage over the others? Um, Like I said, I only played uh, three out of the five uh, races, but um, I would say 
I think teamwork would probably over uh, overwrite basically any kind of imbalance issues. But I was having a lot of trouble fighting uh, these Mesmer type characters earlier. Um, and Mesmers in the game are kind of like the Necromancers and the Elementalists, which are like the Warlock and the Mage. Um, and that they wear cloth, they cast spells and stuff. But what makes them different is that they're very arcane and they actually create copies of themselves as part of their standard rotation. So you'll end up seeing like four Mesmers when there's actually just one player there. And in the chaos of combat, I guess, in a team fight, it would actually get kind of hard to target the right one. So especially when you're looking at your abilities and you're trying to... Because whenever you hit auto-target on like the mouse, if you map that like that, it'll just target the nearest uh, person or whatever enemies in front of you. So you can end up accidentally just trying to burst down a clone, which is really annoying. It makes you have to pay attention more. Is there anything else about it? You were saying there's a pet system. That's one thing that uh, kind of turned me off about other MMOs is that Warcraft actually had a hunter and warlocks had, you know, spirits and voids and demons and all that. And it was hard going into other MMOs without some kind of combat pet. You got you get kind of accustomed. MMOs are very long and committed games and you know, your buddies aren't always on. They're out doing something, and you you don't want to get all lonely without a pet pig or something like that. But you said there's a pet system in Guild Wars 2. It's been a while since I played. Yeah, um, there is a pet system. I actually tried, like, at least half the classes to a certain point. The thief actually has this ultimate where he pulls down these other thieves, like he calls backup. And they run around with him for at least like a minute and a half or a minute. Uh, the Decromancer has all of its weird flesh pet things. It's like you got like a floating eyeball that does range. Uh, you got another one that's like some kind of like fleshy alien looking thing with like its ribs sticking out. And There's like three other things you can have at the same time like that. Um, the Elementalist has these... Um, lesser elementals and like a colossus it can summon and then the ranger of course uh ends up having the like the permanent pet that always runs around with them as soon as you start as a ranger you have your choice of three different pets and it seems like the first two are always either a wolf and a leopard but the third option always is dependent on the starting area of your character so for like the plant type creatures if you start as a ranger as them you end up having this uh, dog that looks like it's made out of leaves, which is insane. But if you start as a little uh, short gremlin-type race, uh, you end up having the option of an ostrich. Um, I think the humans get the third option of a dog, but I can't... I didn't actually start as that uh, race, so... So it's an auto system. You can't go out and tame other pets? Um, it seems like you have a wide selection of other pets you can get, but I'm not sure if it's a taming system or if you go to a ranger mentor or something like that, but it does seem like you can have at least 40 different types of animals, and you can also spec and command your pet to do certain things as part of its uh, utility bar, uh, the rangers. 
And the cool thing about the ranger is that you don't have to actually play ranged. You could actually do like a sword and dagger or like double axes if you wanted to. Um, just pretty neat. You end up throwing the axes though, but there are some melee strikes you could perform as a ranger using that. So, that's something. That is pretty cool. Yep. Oh, I need to let people know, if you guys go to the Nexus, if you're into Fallout, they're putting Skyrim assets into Fallout 4, so when you run into the Commonwealth, you might end up getting attacked by a mechanical dragon flying in the sky. Isn't that crazy? Swag. Yeah, I bug my son about Fallout all the time. He's been up and down in that game. So is there anything else awesome about Guild Wars 2? We've got ambience, we've got different environments, good character builds. Um, you said PvP was tough, so you got to be skilled at it. Do they? Uh, do these characters have like a lot of traits or abilities where they can like stun you and do stuff like that? It seems like every character... Every class has some kind of stunning ability, but it depends on how you build the character. Because, um, like, say if you roll a thief, a lot of the thief's abilities involve going invisible and uh, blinding the enemy, but you could end up using a weapon pair or utility skills that don't involve stealth much or stunning, but you would end up using, like, ranged instead. Um... Like, the warrior has a lot of stuns, I I know, with the mace. Uh, able to daze, and he's able to uh, block and also make it to where, uh, I mean, kind of fumbling here on the... Like the a reflection or deflect? Or... Yeah, you can, you can bounce stuff back with that uh, kind of moveset. But also... There's just all sorts of things you can do as far as, like, uh, conditions go. I'm just well, trying to remember it all at the same time. I have to check it out. Well, we can talk more about it as you continue to go through it and experience it. What level are you at this point? Um, well, I've started over a bunch trying to see the skills and stuff. I've gotten to level, like, 14, like, five different times. So if I had actually stuck to the same character, I'd probably be, like level 40 at this point point. <laughs> and for those out there who don't know this my son and i had this habit because we have played so many mmos we understand that these games are very committed and once you pick a character um it's easy to get to like level 10 15 in just a matter of like an hour or two for us but we want to make sure that this is a character we're going to want to continue to take into other DLCs. I suspect this is one of the reasons why some people build many different characters so they can continue to experience the content in different ways. Or they just like to, um, I guess, have a different race or type of deal going there. So, so far, you like the thief. That's, make, that's working for you. Yep. Um, I'm liking... All of the medium armor type characters, so the ranger, the thief, and they also have an engineer as well, um, which is really complicated. Um, but I've I started over so many times because I didn't realize that after entering PvP, you get to look at all the different um, skills that are available to the character. But they also make it to where you can't change the traits on the character until you're level 11. 
which are uh, kind of like whatever the utility skills would be. It's just they don't let you open the menu for whatever reason, but if you go into PvP, you end up being able to kind of change it on your bar. So You might want to check out websites uh, called Guild Wars 2 Calculator. You can do this with Warcraft, ESO, where you can... Uh, it's it's like it looks like the game and you can see what you what you're able to do your own build and put points in to see what it looks like it's got all the imagery and graphics like you're actually in the game mm-hmm. yes so any more you want to say about guild wars 2 um well i just want to talk about the engineer actually now that i think of it all right let's hear about the engineer yeah, there there are a lot of a lot of the classes are simpler than others. Um like the warrior and the the guardian and the necromancer. They they have kind of a predictable playstyle as far as if you're fighting against them and they're also easy to play yourself. Um but the engineer is probably the most complicated because its utility skills uh depending on which ones you pick can change what your main skills are and plus Above your main skills, you end up having a tool belt kind of thing where it's like a third bar that is dependent on what your t- utility is. Um, and this it can get really ridiculous. Like, you end up having five utility skills, and then depending on what each utility skill is for that spot in the bar, it'll change what the tool belt ability is. Like, say, if you have a certain kind of healing ability, you end up having first aid on your first spot on the tool belt. If your second ability on the utility bar is a turret, depending on what the turret is, like if it was a flamethrower turret, you end up having on your tool belt the ability to throw fire out of your hand or something like that, like you have a a wrist flame cannon or something. Um, But also, on top of that, they give you the ability to use toolkits, which... If you use that, like if you use um like a toolbox thing, it'll suddenly your character be wielding like six dynamite and wrenches and spanners and stuff, which have you can use it like it's your own main weapon. Like you start off with guns and uh, like a like a shield and stuff and a rifle, but you end up depending on what you're using. Like if you decide to take a grenade kit, you end up throwing out different projectiles like that. It's it can get complicated. So, so far, I guess the um, last thing we can dabble in a little bit is uh, you said about level 10 or 11, storylines start opening up. Yeah. What's, uh, what seems to be the direction or the concept of the game? If someone out there never played Guild Wars 2 or ever heard of it, um, what is what is it that they're doing? Are they a hero, an anti-hero? What's, what is the point of it? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead real quick, because at level 30, the main quest actually has you joining an order, and what I've read on the wiki is that these orders um, are trying to take down some large dragon, or like the whole race of dragons that are in the lore. Um, so I guess they're trying to stop some kind of cataclysm. Um, but I guess the main story kind of leads up to you trying to stop, uh, like, the end of the world or something, which a lot of MMOs like to do. But <clears throat> I guess it, it 
it'll start small, like you're having to deal with um, small, uh, like, faction uh, disputes and stuff, and you're kind of doing, like, how the movies do, where you'd end up having, like, a first and second act of, like, uh, having to disguise yourself or having to take on somebody's cause an issue. But I guess it ends up kind of blowing up eventually, and you don't have to, have to, like, take on larger groups and all sorts of stuff. All right, what is your favorite band and song to listen to? Well, this isn't really related to what we were talking about, but... <laughs> um, favorite band... I'm always enjoying when Journey's coming on uh, the radio and whenever somebody's playing it. Um, Separate Ways, I think, by Journey would probably be my favorite song by him. Yeah, it's probably got one of the greatest keyboard intros of all times. Yeah. All right, uh, folks, uh, you keep watching, and we're probably going to do some more MMO videos as well as uh, different topics out there. Make sure you guys stick with us. Anything else you want to? Yeah, I I got nothing. It's uh, Guild Wars 2 is free to play, so it wouldn't cost anything but your time to try out. We hope that you've been enjoying God TV Radio, hosted by Brett Keen. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless.